Welcome, everyone, to the Hilliard Beacon Election Edition special presentation. I am Jordan Smith. I'm joined this evening by Tim Hoffman. Good evening. And Kevin Corvo. Hello. And tonight we are welcoming in a candidate for township fiscal officer, James Friel. James, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Awesome. James, why don't you, uh, you started, you came right in, started chatting with Kevin right away. Uh, tell us a little bit about your history in Hilliard. Tell us about uh, how long you've been around, what, what you've done a little bit. Bring us up to date uh, as best you can in a snapshot of who James Friel is and why people should know and vote for him in Hilliard area. Wow. All right. Um, first of all, I came to Hilliard in 2017. When I was growing up in Grandview um, and was in high school, Hilliard was an overnight drive <laughs> from Grandview, and my parents said we could never go visit our friends. <laughs> so um, my sister had bought a house here. My sister, Stephanie, she had retired from Washington, D.C., and uh, we live over in the Tremont Club. We have a little dog named Cinnamon, and... Uh, I had just returned from three years with the United States Peace Corps in the country of Thailand, oh, wow. where I right. was uh, a 70-year-old volunteer for three years, helping students learn to speak English uh, in the south of Thailand, where it was about 105 every day. I saw the patch on your bag. I was going to ask you about that, actually. The Peace Corps is an institution from... A few eras ago now, can you tell us a little bit about the mission, tell us about the background of the organization that you know of and what took you to get involved at your age to, to go and do that kind of thing? Kennedy founded it, right? Yeah, that was a Kennedy program, right? Yeah. John Kennedy was the founder, um, but the true hero is Sergeant Shriver. And uh, he had a book, the, the book <clears throat> that came out about Sergeant Shriver in 2023, that really encapsulates what he wanted to do. Um, I was a uh, high school senior at 17, and I tried to apply for the United States Peace Corps, which had been in operation for one year in 1962. They politely told me that I didn't have a college degree and that I really did not have any work skills, and uh, but I would make a wonderful volunteer, and why didn't I come back when I was able to do that? Hmm. Um, so it turned out that um, 52 years later, my four uh -huh. daughters, uh, we set goals every year. Uh, my daughters are in their 30s now, and they told me that if I was going to do this dream of mine, I needed to do it before I got too old. They didn't want to be worrying about you halfway around the world. Well, I don't know if they were worried about me or whether they were worried about the country I was going to go to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in any event, uh, uh, it takes – Peace Corps was designed to send volunteers over to countries that had uh, a need. Think of Peace Corps as a giant recruiting arm. The country of Thailand had always wanted their volunteers to work with their youth, helping them to learn to speak English or – uh, improve their skills of the teachers in the classrooms. Uh, it can take, our team took a year and a half to get approved. Uh, they've got it streamlined down now to the point where it's maybe two or three months and you can choose where you want to go. We were like, we were like 
we would go anywhere in the in the world uh, that we qualified for, uh, and it turned out that that was uh, my original. Um, so you go in in like a group, like a like a there unit. Were, there were fifty five of us. Okay, and uh, we went into Thailand. I was originally scheduled to go to Kazakhstan, wow. but Kazakhstan never got opened up, and I thought I was done. But uh, they were able to find a place for me in Thailand, and. What happens is that the 55 uh, uh, team members uh, all come to the same area for 90 days, and uh, they train. Like Olympic Village style. Yes. Uh, during that period of time, some people feel uh, in their mind that the expectations weren't what they thought it was going to be, or Peace Corps thought your expectations uh, didn't match up with what we're seeing. Uh, so... Uh, we ended up with about 50 people, but then they send you to an individual site uh, where you are for two years. Um, and I was as far south as you can go in Thailand, almost down to Malaysia. What level of development were you working in and around all those those kids trying to bring those kids into an English language? Well, Thailand is a second world country. It's also been one of the longest uh, uh, receivers of Peace Corps help. Um, the students there, the only place they speak English or uh, Thai is in Thailand. So in the village, the students had no idea why they needed to learn to speak Thai hmm. until you asked them a couple of simple questions. Hmm. What do you want to do when you graduate from high school? Well, I want to go to Phuket. I want to go to Kusamoe. I want to work in the hotels. Well, I went to those places and I videoed. And the people who had all the jobs were the people who were coming from other countries that could speak English. Mm. And from that moment on, there was no hesitation. We had over 372 students learn how to speak English. I got an extra year out of it because the nine female teachers that I worked with were kind enough to get on the same page and uh, so at the end of three years, 372 students were speaking English. Um, that, was, um, uh, that, that was probably one of the highlights of my life. Wow. That's a real achievement. You can look back at that and say that you really helped transform somebody's material existence in the place they lived with a skill that you brought to them. You know, it's, it's interesting. The, um, you use the word transform. We take, we transform internally more as a volunteer than what we do there. So it, it, the whole purpose was to see how the rest of the world lived. Mm -hmm. So just imagine you're there every day for three years, uh, day in and day out. You're the only American that people see. 105 degrees. 105 degrees, and my language skills were not that, that good, but I integrated at the top. Um, so I'm convinced that, uh, there's more to communication than language skills, but it was, um, um, something I really enjoyed, enjoyed doing. So when I came back here, um, I guess the best way to describe me was my type A personality got left in Thailand and I was more of a community servant. I'd been volunteering for three years and the prospect of going back to work uh, in fact, I'm on record as saying I don't want a job. Uh, 
but I was a, I'm kind of a cause-oriented person, and so I would I volunteered in the schools. I volunteered teaching English as a second language uh, with a program called FESTA, which at that time was called Sun Ministries. I know that. I uh, did that for three and a half years. I'm good friends with Irma Chon. Yes. We love Irma. Uh, uh, Kim Emich is involved yeah, in that. Kim Emich, that's right. And also, um, then we had the pandemic, sure. and uh, I needed people contact, so I... Uh, I developed the habit every day of, of going over to Coffee Connections uh, here in Hilliard and sitting on their front porch in the wintertime in a top coat and a top hat and gloves and just chatting people up that were waiting for coffee. Um, so it was almost like being back in my village. There you go. Uh, and uh, it's kind of interesting. My philosophy when I went to Thailand was the same as when I went to California from Ohio. And that was to, to meet two new people every day. Um, if I met two people today, I had to meet two people tomorrow. But uh, my kids, my kids have discovered that I've probably met twenty nine hundred and seventy two people since I've been back. And the only thing that uh, that, that I'm trying to do, and, and you gentlemen are helping me do that, is let people know that I'm actually running for an office. Right. Uh, uh, so let's talk a little bit about that office, Norwich Township Fiscal Officer, correct? Yes, yes. All right. All right. So as a fiscal officer, what kind of skills would you bring to the job? What kind of background do you have that would say, this is something for me that you would be interested in pursuing at this stage in your career? Again... Uh, this is, uh, I'm holding up a Ohio Township Fiscal Officer source book. Miami University, danger, high voltage. That's my uh, alma mater. There I you have go. There certain you go. feelings. How did I know that? <laughs> I don't know that I knew that. But um, the, it's very interesting as you, as you get into this source book, and I just had 10 days of isolation with, uh, with COVID. So I had a chance to, to get into this book. Um, the smallest township in, in Ohio is 350. The largest township in, in Ohio is over 60,000. Well, we've got 39,000 people here in Hilliard, so it's not oldest, a small little township. Right. Oldest form of government in, in the state, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, it has some wrinkles. It has some uh, uh, things that are very, very interesting. Uh, one of the things that I discovered was that the fiscal officer is elected and is on a par with the trustees but has no voting authority or responsibility. However, the trustees can't tell the fiscal officer when to go to work and when not to go to work. Hmm. So it, 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 it's kind of ironic. Uh, I came to the conclusion that one of the things I wanted to convey today is that the land that I found on July the 10th here in Hilliard, we had two trustees that had been on board for at least two years, maybe four years, uh, Tim Roberts and uh, Jerry O'Shaughnessy. Okay. Neither uh, of those Roberts are not... Roberts for three terms. Huh? Roberts served y yes. even four terms, I think. And, and O'Shaughnessy I, was appointed. He's new. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was plugging in to a situation where the interim finance, uh, fiscal officer thought my skill set. So 
Um, I was a finance major in college. I have a law degree. Um, I have run trust divisions uh, in California. I've been a commercial banker, interim construction lenders, uh, working with um, businesses in California whose annual sales exceeded, uh, back in the 80s, uh, $25 million, which happens to be about the size of our gym, our fire and safety division. I don't know if too many people know a lot about that, except the fact that it is one of the premier operations in the United States. And um, not only are we lucky to have it, but it is also providing services to another township and has for 25 years, partnership with Brown Township. Yeah, the scale of Norwich is difficult to really encapsulate without talking about how it's it, it covers all these different areas. It covers Hilliard and it has to take into account for all the things that happen here locally, but also this wide and far-reaching uh, range of land that goes out even further than where you live, Tim, sure. back in the day on Amblin, right? I mean, that's pretty far to the north. So talk a little bit about the scale involved in trying to come into this operation and say, mm-hmm. where do I start? What is my role here? And, and where do I see the, re- the primary responsibilities as a fiscal officer? My father worked for one company for 45 years. When I confronted him when I was older, that he had only had one job in 45 years, he reminded me that he'd had nine different assignments in 45 years. Because his son, myself, I was struggling with the fact that every two or three years I wanted a new assignment. You put me in a situation where it's a little chaotic, I can get it turned around, I can get it up and running, I can replace myself, and then I can move on to the next assignment. Uh, My dad always said they pay pitchers more than they pay catchers, so I was a pitcher. Hmm. Uh, The way I looked at this fiscal situation uh, is the way I would look at any new situation going into. Right now, we have a perfect storm. We have... We will have two new trustees, one's running unopposed, and one will be elected. We'll have a new fiscal officer. We have a number of things that have to take place. We have over 100 firefighters and EMT personnel. I'm proud to say we have four, maybe a fifth uh, young lady on the way uh, for, for those jobs. Highest rated division ranking in the state, all those other things that yes. we talk about. Yes, yeah. uh, yes, it's a and um, they've done an outstanding job. My concern coming in today was not to to say that it hasn't been taken care of. It's just that if you looked at it from the standpoint, we're like rebuilding a new government yeah we're rebuilding a new government we've got three three new people it's an inflection point for sure where things can go in any direction that's right so what do Mm -hmm. i bring what do i bring to the table 
I've run a department, a division. Uh, I switched over to the commercial side in banking and became an expert in, in construction lending and things like that. And one of the things that I discovered is you have to identify the priorities that you have. And then you have to decide which priorities you're going to work on first over the four-year period of time. Just as an example, we have a possible renegotiation of the contract with the firefighters. We also have a very likely restructuring of the relationship after 25 years with Brown Township. We have an $11 million construction project that will have to come up out of the ground and be built and staffed. We have three or four personalities that have to get to know each other mm-hmm. and, and come together as quickly as possible because while all this has been going on, I mean, we've, we've had the, the war in Ukraine, we've had supply side issues, now we've got the issue with Hamas and Israel, and interest rates could ratchet up. So we've got, we've got a $22 million revenue stream and a $16 million investment portfolio that somebody has to watch and, and, and manage. Hmm. Now... I don't know what the prior experience is, but I will tell you that this is not a part-time job for the fiscal officer. Getting back to the they can't tell you how how much or how little you work. Right. So I'm I'm going to make this statement that I'm willing to commit at least 40 to 50 hours a week the first year because there's no way we can get everybody up to speed on I mean, the trustees have to learn. Mm-hmm. I have to learn. Mm-hmm. And and yet, I I officially wouldn't take over until April. So you, you basically get elected and then you wait for five months. But there's so much that's going to happen during that five-month period of time. I'm hoping that the trustees will allow me to come in and be there as a whatever. Right. So you're uh, there is a provision in here to be a. You could be a deputy. You could do. Mm-hmm. You could work alongside uh, the interim uh, fiscal officer. That gets back to a question that I ask a lot, and then I'm going to turn to Kevin for some input and Tim as well. But the thing that I say to people is, one of the biggest challenges of running for elected office is believing that you can really serve with integrity, hmm. and I think that goes down two paths. One. You have to believe that you have the time to commit. And two, you have to believe you will be able to develop the knowledge to serve with integrity. So I think that's a worthwhile statement to make up front uh, that you're willing to commit a significant amount of hours in those first uh, years and portions of your term to to make right uh, that learning deficit, to make right that 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 steep hill you you will have to climb and acknowledging it. I think that's uh, worthwhile. But Kevin, this is where I'm going to turn to you for a question, if you don't mind. Uh, do you have anything for James ready to go? I think I do. All right. Uh, I am one of the 2,972 people yes. that you've met 
Why such a precise number? That's not my question, but where did your children come up with that number? Uh, my youngest daughter, Julianne, in Virginia, uh, figured out the number of days that I'd been back and the uh -huh. average that I've met two people and put it okay. into her little calculator. And uh, James and I met for, um, for breakfast uh, as, as a candidate, so I had the pleasure of uh, speaking with him. Also discovering, James is a 1962 graduate of Grandview Heights High School. My late father graduated in 1963 from Grandview Heights High School. So Anthony I think I might have surprised Anthony Corvo. Anthony Corvo. Um, some people know that's my first name. Kevin's my middle name. Uh, I was called Kevin to differentiate me from my father, Anthony Corvo. So I showed James a Highlander yearbook. I think that might have... Uh, been a surprise for him that that morning <laughs> that I pull out his high school yearbook and uh, uh, James has a good voice for uh, for has a good voice. Yeah. It's uh, a very he, specific he vintage was, uh, yearbook. I got to say yes. to pull that I, and say there I, you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only not only the relationship uh, uh, with uh, Anthony at Grandview, but uh, Our Lady of Victory. Uh, they went to parochial school together. Parochial well. school together for eight so, years. That's an example of it's a small world, I wow. suppose, that all this came together in a way that... Uh, all comes back around. Yeah, it does. If you stay in community with people, so, if you stay in sociable community with people. Uh, Tim? I'm, I'm glad we oh. let off with uh, the uh, service in the um, uh, in the U.S. Peace Corps, because I, that could be a whole podcast um, onto itself. And um, and your financial background as well. Uh, you said to me uh, during that meeting, and I want to also give listeners um, some quick background here. Excuse me. Uh, this uh, James is running for fiscal officer. His opponent is Omar Tarazi, who is a current member of Hillard City Council, mm -hmm. who is running for fiscal officer and leaving that um, council seat to do so. Mm -hmm. um, the current fiscal officer is Paul Lambert, uh, who is a former member of the Board of Education. Paul Lambert was appointed to that position when Jamie Miles resigned. Okay. And he chose just not to seek re-election, opening that seat up. Uh, you had shared with me uh, that morning at breakfast that uh, you could not let that office go unopposed without raising your hand. So uh, speak to me, or I guess that's my question. What inspired you uh, learning how the fiscal officer how the office, a fiscal officer, came about, a resignation, an appointment, somebody not seeking to keep that office who was appointed, and until you filed to run would have otherwise been an unopposed office. Why did, why did you seek the office? Or why did you say declaratively or, that it had to be contested? It had to be contested. Better question. Thank you, Jordan. Um. <clears throat> When people are appointed to an office and then they run unopposed one or two times, they miss the aspect of campaigning. I only had to get 25 signatures, but it took me 27 days to get 58 signatures. But I, I got an MBA in how to answer people's questions. Sure. And, I, and I discovered a lot about what people were really interested in. Um, I, I, I just think, I just think that we need to encourage people to take a chance. Um, my kids, my kids felt that I've already won 
I'm doing something I never tried to do before in my life. I've never run for any kind of an office. So, so in, in a way, I'm still standing and I'm, I'm still going forward. Um, but I just couldn't stand, I, I couldn't, I didn't know if I was going to be unopposed or opposed, but the thought that somebody would just drop into that slot and not run against anybody just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't fit my personality. Uh, whether I win or lose, I don't think is the issue. At least, at least the voters would be able to get a, uh, uh, a clear sense. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that I haven't been able to do a better job of getting my message out that I'm an alternative candidate. Uh, but be that as it may, uh, the, the skill set that I bring, uh, I have, a, I have a small vision. And that is, is that in four years, the fiscal office will be as high rated as the fire and safety division. Now, I can say that with some comfort because, honestly, although I've never met the lady, Jamie Miles was in that category. She was a gem. She, she knew how to do this work. And... Uh, um, it's going to take it's going to take some real thought and persuasion because I'm I'm we're going to have to invest in people in that situation. If you take a sixteen million dollar portfolio and you hire a young college graduate, they can probably pay for, for themselves just following the the the. The information necessary to manage that money, right? Um, so the the connective tissue to people and their their concerns and and their issues and and the way that they think and conceptualize of the township that they live in was important to do as a campaigning portion. the The thing that I always talk about with people is the danger of small rooms. The danger of small rooms having a lot of control, and I think you spoke to that a little bit about the idea that somebody could just be appointed to a position with all this money to manage and all these things to have happen without really taking the necessary steps to steward that money properly. Okay. So what about the reality that in those small rooms and in those small relationships, it still is only one or two people. How do you make that real to those voters that you talk to? How do you make that transparency and authenticity real? As a lawyer and an investment banker, I had a fiduciary obligation to my clients. They went beyond just a regular course of business. I'm not appointed by the trustees. I'm elected by the people. So my fiduciary responsibility extends to the people. I also have the checkbook. And I don't say that in a derogatory manner. Everyone else that is running seems to know everybody else. I'm the only person that doesn't know everybody, but yet I'm the only person that might be able to 
slow things down if we start moving in a direction where everybody wants to go. Uh, in other words, are there, are there different ways of accomplishing the same thing under the code uh, that we have? Uh, what are those issues? Now, I've always felt in my job that my job was to give information, unbiased, on point, uh, and be as helpful as I can be. And so I, 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 I want to first and foremost say that I'm a team player. I'm going to come in and I'm going to support all the other people that are tr the trustees. Uh, but I'm also going to bring I'm also going to bring a certain amount of of background and knowledge. Uh, and maybe open up ideas on how we could better staff those that facility. I I am given the authority under the code to to run the department a way that I feel it sh it should. Uh, that doesn't mean I can just go out and spend a, a ton of money. But if we invest money and and sh and show that it's a value, I think that's what the voters are looking for. Are we getting value for our uh, investments of 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 the people that we have on staff, yeah, um, and uh, but I'm also going to be there. I'm also going to be on site. I'm going to be interacting with the other administrators. We have we have a full time administration staff, uh, great people. Uh, uh, I think it, it will work very well together. But it's gonna it's gonna be a process to get that moving in the right direction, uh, where everybody feels they've got a a place to, to a place to be. So sure. we're hitting that final five minutes. I just want to ask maybe one last question and say that we're entering this new era. The township now has a seat at the table when it comes to some of these financial mechanisms that can be used to subsidize development. The township now has a seat at the table in some of these ongoing collaborative government meetings. Uh, once you, as you say, have calmed the waters in your own particular, uh, area, where would you see the relationship going between township, city, and, uh, uh, excuse me, school. schools school between your position as a fiscal officer in the township? Thank you. It's a great question. Um, John Maxwell wrote a book back in the eighties, uh, called the, uh, uh, the rules of, of, of leadership. And uh, in 2019, this book came out, which is called Leadership. For years, there's been a fundamental paradigm shift in the way people exercise leadership. It's not that some people aren't capable of making changes, but the younger generation coming in is used to a different style, a, a, a different way of doing things. And, and, and so part of what I would want to do is actually help people change their leadership style to make it more inclusive and in getting people involved rather than top down, let it come from new ideas coming from down below. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have, we have, there are people in Hilliard that are just immensely talented. 
that would love to volunteer on a short-term stint to come in and help get things taken care of. Now, there's some issues there with bonding and things like that, but basically getting those ideas. A Peace Corps for Hilliard. Well, uh, why not? Why not? It's a great response. Yeah. Uh, a Peace Corps for Hilliard. Um, I know it works. I got to sit at the feet of a city administrator in Thailand. The, the term for the city administrator there is the Balat. The Nayok is the mayor, and the mayor is elected. The, the, the government puts in the city administrator. The first week we were there, we walked the four blocks of the village, and it took us four hours because he talked to everybody hmm. for four hours. We did that every month for three years. The last day that I was there, he said, it's you. You will walk the village. Hmm. And it took four hours to say goodbye. But I'm convinced that one person can make a difference and can inspire other people to do things. If somebody feels in their heart that I'm helping them, they're, they're going to respond to that. Uh, we have good people. We just, like, like I said before, it, it is, this is an inflection point. This is a perfect storm opportunity where we have to take advantage of the fact that we've got that expertise and, and, and utilize it. I think that uh, speaks to my ever-present concerns that we need to stop tripping up the stairs and start walking <laughs> normally like real people. <laughs> But uh, I uh, thank you again for coming out, James. That's been our uh, our allotted time with you this evening. Uh, given uh, your election or non-election, we'd be happy to have you back anytime. Uh, maybe we'll get that Peace Corps podcast out of you at some point. Uh, it sounds like it would certainly fill up more than half an hour. I think that could I think be it would. Uh, we had a pretty a easy two hour breakfast. <laughs> I think that I think could be a pretty easy pull for us. But, well, you gentlemen, you gentlemen are playing a very, very vital role. And I mean that sincerely. There aren't too many places that a first-time candidate can get their messages out without having a lot of money or a lot of endorsements or connections. Well, and we're trying real hard to be on the front edge of that and, and to take it as seriously uh, as it deserves to be taken and make sure that all this information is available free uh, to people that want to be interested. We have almost a 1,000 subscribers and we are moving in the right direction as that uh, goes. And more than the thousand people that subscribe see our stuff because it gets shared so regularly on social media. And hopefully that will continue and grow. Uh, we are trying to develop that portion of our operation. But as I flip donuts and Tim roast beans and Kevin uh, educates our youth these days, uh, this is all our second option uh, in our career and our passion, too. So. We are all out here trying to help and trying to learn and trying to uh, serve this community with integrity. So if you would like to support us, uh, please like, subscribe, and uh, support us financially if you can. Uh, we would certainly appreciate it on the Substack platform at present and maybe in the future other places. Uh, but until next time, for the largely silent Tim Hoffman, say good evening. Good evening. Thank you for hitting it. And for Kevin Corvo and for candidate uh, for Norwich Township Fiscal Officer James Friel, I will say thank you and good night.